0: Before we begin today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank our top-tier patrons from Patreon. First of all, thank you very much to Gordon Lipford, Ian Fisher, and Truknar for continuing to support us at the highest level, our podcast paladins. Your support is everything to us, and we really appreciate how much faith you have in us. We also want to thank all of our patrons for doing what they do. Thank you so much. And if you want to be recognized on air go to www.patreon.com backslash Explominate Podcast and become one of our podcast paladins. Also, before we begin, I want you to know that we just started a new subreddit called the Explominate News Network. If you go to www.reddit.com backslash R backslash EXNN, you'll find a subreddit brought to you by the Explominate staff that focuses mainly on Forex news announcements and patches, but also some strategy and tactics games as well. So check it out.
1: Welcome to the Explorinate Podcast.
0: Welcome, friends, to the Exploratory Podcast. I am your host, Rob. And joining me for this week's episode, again, is Sean from Australia. Welcome, Sean. Mate, how's it going? It's going great, mate. I'm glad to see you and glad to hear from you. Ben, welcome back, Ben. Ah, uh, well, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? I don't, I don't, what is one of those? I don't know. Hi, Rob, how's it going? Great, it's going great. Drexy, <laughs> hi, how are you?
1: Hello, sir. How are the things in Americano land?
0: They're great. Thank you. I really, really like your pseudo-American accent. That was in America. I don't know what that was. That was weird. I, don't, I, don't I just <laughs> want Hello, you, Yeah, this is going to be one of those episodes, guys. You know, I just want you to know we're all...
1: Hey, man, when you make us come on at 3am, expect some sort of uh, brain farts <laughs> and craziness going I've on.
0: Got, I've got no problem with any of this. And I know that it's what, like, actually, no, it's not 3 in the morning for Sean this
2: time. No, it's quarter past 12, like, afternoon now. Cool. All right. Well,
0: we've got a lot to talk about. So we are gathered here today to celebrate the announcements of mini-games. So many games, I don't even know where to start. There's a few things that we're going to talk about with regards to the Slytherin Home of Wargamers event that announced a few games. We'll talk about those here in a second. And then also the Galactic Civilizations 4 announcement, which is a big deal. And then as we are recording this, the PDX con is underway still for another twenty hours. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. And then there's also some upcoming expansions. There was also another rather large announcement for some of those Illwinter Games fans. Isn't that who makes it? Illwinter Game Design, right? Yep. That's the one. Right, so Lots of stuff
2: to talk about. I mean, Sean, you put this list together. What do you want to talk about first? I don't know. I figure we'll just take it from the top. Like work, sort of. Well, Slytherin Time War as That was a couple of weeks ago. So, what do you reckon we just go from there and work up to current day? Was that a couple of weeks ago already? I think it was so. like a I'm week surprised. ago. Last week was it the fourteenth? Oh yeah, no, it, man. I don't know. I think I've lost like a couple of days somewhere. It's all good. That's what happens when you live your entire life upside down. <laughs>
0: Well, before we get into it proper, then let's take a moment for a quick break and we'll come back and start talking about all of it. Welcome back. Now, let's talk about the Slytherine Home of Wargamers event. Let's go in order of things that were shown because I want to save the big one for the last. And the first thing that was shown was Battle Sector, right? J- just say yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch the whole stream because it, it was like midnight when they actually started showing games. So then I just had to go to bed. Yeah, right. So that was the first thing shown Battle Sector, which is a game we've seen a few
0: times. And honestly, this time around, they were just showing like the, like, the camera off like this, like camera you can use to take shots and like, Hey, look at, look at this. You can zoom in right as the Tyranid attacks the, the space Marine and you can take a picture. And I was like, wow. <laughs> but I mean, the game looks great. So good for them.
2: Are you allowed to say, anything? Um, you're allowed to say something. Uh, right? a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I was been spending some time with it. I think the photo op photo mode thing, when they did Battlestar Galactica Deadlock, that was a really highly requested thing. And then eventually they introduced it. So I have a feeling maybe they're just jumping the gun on it this time and putting it in at launch. But yeah, now I've spent some time with it. There's a little bit I can say, I guess. From what I've been seeing about it, maybe don't. Exp- like, I know we've sort of been saying, hey, it's- maybe it's sort of like a Sanctus Reach 2, but now I've spent some time with that. And other people have been saying it as well. It's not really like that. Like, it's not on the same sort of scale as Sanctus Reach 2, like, it's a bit tighter. Well, Go the good thing is is that the
0: first six missions are now available to press. So the great part
2: is that we are allowed to talk about the first six missions. Do you remember which was, ones those are? The first six. So you'd have know, breach in the heaven wall. I honestly can't remember the names of all of them now. <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool if all six of them are available. Because when I had a look at it, there was only two. Yeah, they just sent it out these like a few days ago, and I I, sh- I shot. I w- <laughs> I shot,
0: (laughs) I shot it. I shot the demo. The sheriff. Yeah, I shot the sheriff. I fired it up and it was a lot of fun actually. I, I, because I know you have it and I know you're probably, you know, knee deep in it. I also tried it and was pretty, pretty impressed with, I guess it just feels pretty polished. That was probably the best word I could say is like the, the voiceover work sounds really cool. There's now they've actually unveiled some of the, the unit customization and like leveling so, like, there's a few commanders that you can get throughout the game. And the one general is is a really well-known one. But they're talking about, they're showing now the like the ability to customize those guys who then, in turn, make your army stronger. Because they have, you know, abilities that can do a variety of different things to make your army stronger. So, it look, it's pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. I think um, one of the things that Warhammer gamers
3: really want from those games is Kind of things like unit customization. So I'm actually not surprised that they really showed off that camera stuff and, you know, the fact that you can take photographs. And I think that's something that that a lot of Warhammer gamers really want.
0: No, I agree. I, I, I was kind of just taking the piss with it only because it was, you know, it was like the only thing they showed off. They weren't like, hey, by the way, Battle Sector is going to be released. Actually, they did give it a release date too. Yeah, July the 15th. Yeah, so I thought it was June 15th, but July 15th. Yeah, great. And now I can see your face. You're
2: like, man, is it June 15th? Uh, july not june 15th yeah
0: yeah no and from what i said like what what i've seen and i've said is that the six mission demo is actually i mean it looked looked pretty cool i liked it more depth to it than i expected especially with the unit customization stuff so i'm hoping that they open up campaigns i don't know i don't know so i'm i'm you know i'm just shooting from the hip here but i'm hoping that maybe like one day you get like a Tyranid
2: campaign and you know a tau campaign and uh, I think that goes into stuff I can't talk about, but yeah, I, I'm re- I've enjoyed the time that I've spent with it. The combat sort of draws me in, I think. It feels very fluid and polished, and you can do stuff like you have, instead of just having, having to wait for one unit to fire or one unit to move before you move another one, You, if you move fast enough, you can move your entire army like bang, 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 one after the other. If there's a unit that I know is going to be tough to kill, I can target it with three different units at the same time. For a turn-based game, it feels pretty fast-paced and fluid, which I like. That's a great point. Actually, I really like that. I really
0: like that. Like you said, there's a few units there, Like especially with the, the larger tier nids that you know the five or six units you have surrounding it aren't going to kill it regardless, so you have them all firing at once, and that's that looks pretty awesome. So, anyway, yeah, Battle Sector looks great. And then they went ahead and showed off Starship Troopers Terran Command, which I guess the beta's opening soon. I thought the beta was already open because they like had their beta call to arms like a month and a half ago, so... I was a little disappointed that I didn't get invited or still haven't been invited. <laughs> so whatever, but it looks pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. It looks pretty standard for an RTS. Anything excites you guys about that? Um, I, I like this
3: franchise, you know, and like, you know, we've talked about this before, I think on this last last week, but the book's really cool and it's very different to the film and the film's really cool and it's very different to the book. So the game is kind of a game of the film that's come from a book. So it's all, which is it going to be like theme wise? I don't know but the game itself, it looks fine. I mean, I don't really play RTS anymore, to be honest with you. So I don't think, I don't really feel like it's necessarily aimed at me. Let's see what they can do with it, eh?
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of RTS, so probably a skip for me.
2: Yeah, I had a look at the footage as well. I've been following it for a while. Beta, I think it's starting, I think it's like end of June or mid-June or something. Like they've taken all the signups, but they haven't actually started it yet. Yeah, I looked at the clip and I don't know, I thought it looked interesting. Like it's not, you know like two human factions or whatever fighting with each other like it's sort of like the humans versus the planet obviously you know like the actual like the movies and the books you know like aliens are just everywhere kind of thing so i think it's i don't know i'm not a huge rts guy now but it looks like maybe an interesting take on the genre so yeah see how it goes yeah well said i think it looks pretty cool i'll try it like ben says it's not really aimed at me
0: i'm not an rts guy anymore unless it's possible and it's 4x Anyways, what was next isn't RTS, that's possible, and it's called Distant Worlds 2, and that was, well, you know, so first of all, I wanted to say something real quick before I forget that maybe some of this has been something you've heard before from us because you watched our live stream, and if you didn't, you should, so if you're listening to this podcast, it'd be awesome if you signed up for our Twitch channel and came and joined us for our live Twitch shows. But we talked about a lot of this on that show last week, right? It was like a week ago. It was just a couple days after the whole thing went down. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right.
1: Last Saturday,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And yeah, so it was a lot of fun, but we discussed all this. And what I'm about to say is probably, you know, a repeat of what... I, I know it is a repeat of what I said. So if you guys heard it, I'm sorry. But I was hey just... Man, really-
1: I'm sure the more than 20 people listen to this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's actually doing really well. So with that, I will say that the presentation of distant worlds 2 was disappointing only well there's two reasons first of all they clearly didn't have a high resolution version of the video that they showed so it was kind of blurry even after like you even after the stream and you got like the the actual video to look at and watch it was just not very good looking it was a little bit blurry and it just i think it was 720p so i mean like with all due respect like no one does 720p anymore and secondly, I was just a little disappointed in the the sheer darkness of the user interface. There was just very little color to it, and it it rubbed me the wrong way a bit. So I don't know. I know I'm not the only one because I saw a lot of people on like various forums and various like Discord conversations saying the same thing. So I, I hope that that's something that they address.
1: Yeah, I don't really like the black and yellow color scheme they use especially when like they highlight the planet and you get that big solid yellow ring sort of circling around and also i find the models the shading is really flat it's not it's just like very um like it's like full bright models rather than you know a bit more fancier lighting done on it but uh, like i said on the live stream that yeah all you have to do is look at something like lions of the sacred suns where a single dev can actually make a half decent looking ui so it's not down to that i think they should i mean they've got enough resources at slivery and stroke matrix that maybe they should maybe just pull someone else in to do spruce up the ui
0: yeah i mean that's a good point i know that that's what I mean, a few. I mean, I, I think that's what S- that Stephen Hawkins has done with Alliance of the Sacred Sons. I know he's not he's not the one that's like actually designing the UI. He brought in somebody to do that. So, I mean, well, UI stuff's really hard. I think I think it's actually difficult to do. And I
3: don't know. Like, I disagree with you. I do, I really don't mind that UI at all. I don't know. I, I I'm I think I'm really really so much less kind of bothered about little things like that than you guys seem to be like i, I think the ui looks fine they i agree though with rob it, they didn't present it very well and i don't think it looked good from the from you know from the way that they presented it because it make because obviously if you can't really see it you can't really see how clear the ui is and you know so yeah that's just that's just my opinion i i've I've got i feel that completely different differently to you guys about it i think it looks quite smart and it looks like i like how it you know it it all kind of snaps down and unfolds it's such a big improvement over the first game just from what i can see from the video
1: yeah it's not really the content it's just the colors and stuff that's used and to be honest for me it's more the graphic i so far i prefer the old graphics to to be honest i find the space background a bit too much and the models are, like I said, really, like, brightly shaded. So, I don't know. It just doesn't look that great to me.
0: No, I think that's fair. Yeah, I'll say that my anticipation slightly dropped. Not that I'm not, like, super excited, because I'm sure the gameplay will be fantastic when it comes out. Yeah, to that. yeah. The game would
1: probably be, you know, it's distant worlds. But if you're going to upgrade to a 3D engine, you might as well put a bit more effort into it rather than it looking like a early
0: 2000s game. Very true. So... Yeah, we'll we'll probably see that. I think they're saying... I mean, Slytherin was saying in, in July. It seems pretty soon. So my guess is that we'll probably see it more like later this year. Still very good. I mean, I'm excited Distant Worlds 2 is actually coming out. I mean, I feel like I've been wanting that game for as long as I can remember. So hopefully they can... And you know, I think the UI is something that they could easily... Like a modable thing, right? Like Daz even had that great Chrome UI mod he did for Distant Worlds 1 which I thought looked great and I'm sure that if you know if you need some more color or even like color coordination with your UIs then I'm sure that'll be modded in.
1: I'll just make a final point. I'm not expecting like an endless type UI. Just, you know, something that doesn't hurt your eyes too much.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with you 100%. I thought that the the black and yellow or gold was it's a strange choice, but I mean, other than that, from what you saw, and it wasn't really that much, but you could see that there was quite a bit of information that was that you, you could quickly access, and, and it definitely looks much more legible. So that part is good. I
3: think when you're thinking about it, UIs, right? There's, there's there's like there's multiple things you've got to consider. One is there's how accessible it is, you know, for you actually being able to play the game, and then you've got aesthetics as well. And I think that balancing the aesthetic look of a of a UI with you know, so that it's it, it fits within the immersion of the game with usability is not that easy. And one of the, like, I know that people get annoyed when I say this, one of the reasons why I'm not that keen on, like, by the way, Endless Legends UI is really, really good. And I really like it in the context of Endless Legend. I think it's really nice looking. I like the kind of pastel sort of tones and all this kind of stuff. It's it's a, it's a decent UI, but it doesn't always work in every game. And I think th- why, the reason why I liked Distant Worlds' as original UI, and this is something that I just seem to be going against the grain with because no one else seems to like it, is because it really feels like immersive within the kind of game that it is. To me, it feels like you're playing a complex space strategy game i don't know like the information is arranged in such a way that you feel that like you're kind of pouring over records and i just i just really like that i think it's really thematic and engaging and i see the same kind of thing in distant worlds too so whilst it is important to cater for people like there, there is absolutely no doubt by the way that a lot of people require color in order to organize things like this has been done in psychological studies for years and years and years and so i understand that a lot of people really like color coded stuff and that's a really important point, and I, I accept that completely. However, when I'm playing a Space Forex game, I don't necessarily want things to be 15 different colors. I find it quite jarring, and I, th- I've, I don't I don't need that. Um, so I'd rather the game was immersive in that respect. And I quite like I quite like the way the distant worlds 2 u- UI looks because I feel it's it's quite immersive for the type of game it's trying to be. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's interesting that I've noticed a lot of criticism online of how it's looking already. And I think I think people should wait until they see it running and make a decision then rather than just from what we've seen on what we've seen you know little bits from slithering particularly with the low quality video that they've been showing because i expect i'm just kind of guessing here that it probably looks better when it's running and when you're playing it than when you're watching it
0: yeah point point well taken ben fixed this all i feel better about this good i'm glad <laughs> <why> I'm <laughs> <laughs> anyways they also did some other stuff there at Slytherine's home of war gamers 2021 they announced a game called Broken Arrow, a game called Scramble Battle of Britain, and they also teased Stargate Timekeepers. And then they also did something that we want to talk about, I'm sure. And that is they announced the Master of Magic remake is being made by Muha, which are the guys, sorry, the guys and gals behind Thea 1 and Thea 2. So initially when we had our, our little like stream conversation there on twitch ben was saying that he didn't really like the art direction but i think he's backpedaled a little bit on that absolutely backpedaled yeah i
3: i think again it was the quality of the stream so it it kind of looked a bit it looked a little bit like low budget and stuff but um a friend of ours uh, who he uh, miyabi who's a japanese guy he put together a frame by frame run through of the old the the old video from Ma- the original master of magic and the new one. And he he like spent ages getting it all synced up right, but it looks so close. Um, having seen it now in the you know the full quality, it's actually really good. It's they've made a really really I think they've I've changed my mind completely. I think they've made a really nice job of it. I think it looks good. I think the the bit of it that I was kind of complaining about doesn't look anywhere near as bad when you see it in the full quality. So yeah, I think it's I'm actually really excited. And you know, Thea is a great game, right? So Muha's I I I can't think of anyone better for it to be
1: in the hands of really. Yeah, it was funny because like a week or two beforehand, I was thinking, what happened to Muhar Games? They've been really quiet. I was wondering, well, did the 2 not do well enough that they pretty much folded or what's going on? And then, yeah, suddenly it's popped up. And I've always wanted to play Master of Magic, but when I look at the... it's For me, it's just a bit too old. And so hopefully this is... Uh, going to be a good replacement for a modern replacement for the original game
3: you know master of magic looked old even when it was released <laughs> like the like it was released in like i think was it 1994 i think it was and i think even then the overland graphics you know the main st- strategic map i think even then the game was looking like a 1988 game uh, the, the character design you know what um what Troy calls the charm, you know, like, or what I call the charm of the game, is really, really high, and it's really, really nice-looking aesthetics to some extent. But the actual map graphics, you know, the, and that's the first thing that people will see when they see people playing it, and they are not good. They are really, really basic. They look like a they look like an NES game from 1988.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so the thing I thought was really pretty exciting was that they made it a point to tell you that they were going to bring over all the factions i'm sorry all the races and all the wizards from the initial game so basically it's like their opportunity their chance to reboot it in a more modern setting modern game engine with hexes instead of squares now and but everything else you know you know just better looking and i think that's gonna be exciting because like Drexy, i never really could get into master magic so i'm hoping that with the reboot and all that, that maybe I can figure out what the charm was. And I mean, Ben's in love with it. I can tell. And that's great. Cause I, you know, I know a lot of people are, but for me, I just never could. And I like the way it looked. And the funny thing is too, is that you guys don't know this and Sir Pi, I'm sorry if I'm calling you out here, but Sir Pi, who is somebody who is on our discord and has been a very lang- like a long time supporter. In fact, his support, his or her support. I don't know if it's, I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's a him, but his or her support has been probably one of the longest standing and that they've been a part of our Patreon for as long as I think ExplorMate has a Patreon. I mean like seriously for a very long time. And they came to me about four or five months ago and were like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I have to quit being a patron. And I was like, wow, like that's weird. Like what did we do wrong? Cause you've been a patron forever. And he was just like, no, no. I like, things are ramping up with our next game. And I, I can't tell you about it, but like we have to really kind of put our nose to the grindstone right now. And I didn't think to ask, like, who are you with? <laughs> I didn't even think. I didn't know that he was with Muha. And then when all this came down and they were like, hey, come to the Discord server for Muha and all that, I see Sir Pai as the developer in the Muha Games Discord server. And I was like, so bitch. I didn't put two and two together, and I didn't even think to ask. Like, wow, okay, um, like, what what game are you working on, or who are you who are you even developing with? But yeah, so now it makes sense because he was like, I I I gotta go. You know, things are really busy here, and I really just I don't feel like I'm really taking in the content because I I you know I don't have time. Now we know. Now I know. Thank you, Surpi. You're amazing, and you've done more than enough for Explominate. So. I'm hoping, I know this sounds so awful, but I'm hoping that we've been such huge supporters of Muha from the very beginning, way before they had a Slytherine publishing deal, that it might help us with some like insider info or maybe like a, you know, exclusive podcast or something, you know, whatever, something. All right. Well, with that, Master of Magic by Muha. We're excited. I'm excited. I think it looks great. So, And in the same week that all that went down, Stardock finally made my my telepathy come true. And uh, so I'll, I'll admit this, right? Like I had a feeling GALSEV4 was going to be coming out and that's why I said it was probably coming out because of some things that Brad said and he's let slip a couple times and I was under no NDA, so I am now. <laughs> so I need to watch what I say. But I will say that in the time that I made that prediction, the like as I was writing that and making that video, the the idea of Ev 4 was only like a, a possibility and then shortly after that all came out, Brad straight up told me, like, it's coming. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be, I'm gonna look so cool. I'm going to look so cool because I predicted it. I predicted it. And people are going to be like, oh, my God, he's, like, predicting stuff. He's like, Nostradamus. And then I was going to be cool, but I didn't even get that moment. I got one person who commented on the old video was like, hey, uh, you called it. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I did. And that's the only person who really cares. <laughs>
3: I care, Rob I th- I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for you, man I think your heart should be swelling with pride <laughs> yeah, we, we care, man We're, not you.
0: We're here for you I know you don't, Trexy But I thought I was cool for a second But anyways, so Galactic Civilizations 4 Is clearly a huge step In a very, very different direction For the Galactic Civilization series Which I think is the right way to go about this Because quite frankly I'm with Ben when Ben, Daz, Tactic, and I had a conversation about sequels, there was a discussion about how close a game should, like, mirror the predecessor, and I'm with Ben in that I think that a game should try to do some new shit, you know, like, I pl- if I want GalSiv 2, I can go back to GalSiv 2. If I want GalSiv 3, which might be very different, I mean, in this case it wasn't, so that's why it was kind of, you know, boring... But like and when Daz was saying that he was like no 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 like if they're going to do an Age of Wonders 4 it's got to be the same damn game and I'm like no actually I don't want to play that. I could go back to Ga- I could go back to Age of Wonders 3. So I'm with you on that Ben and I think that the fact that they've they've drastically changed the direction here is is 100% the right step.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for because I'm never really a fan of the Gaussive games to be honest. So I'm hoping that whatever they do with this one piques my interest for a change because I really like Star Doc and you know I'm a big Fallen Enchantress fan. And yeah, I just need a new Space For X game and and well, distant world 2 is coming, but yeah, a different turn based one will be nice as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just yeah, hoping they make enough change changes that it piques my interest. And I think Brad's probably analyzed gaussive freeze flaws enough, listening to the interview you guys did with him, that he probably has some good ideas Moving forward for Galaxy 4.
0: Yeah, actually, that, that's a good point. And not only was he pretty open about it in the interview we had with him, which is also on this, it was a podcast and on a video, he also wrote a response to my reexamination of Galactic Civilizations 3, where I basically said it was good, but not great. And he's pretty much agreed with me. He said that, you know, the only thing he didn't agree with me is that he thinks that tactical combat and Galactic Civilizations should never happen. And after he explained it to me, I understand why. Like, you're talking about, you know, possible, like, you know, 10, 12 battles at a turn, you know, if things are getting really hot and heavy. That would kind of suck to do tactically, but I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. I think if you did it the right way, like Fallen Enchantress, you could still do it. But his reasoning behind it made sense to me, and I'm fine with it. I'm totally okay with it. However, the rest of the things that he said that, that basically, like... I mean, the thing that I think he stood out that really stood out to me and and a lot of people that were commenting on the video is that he doesn't really care about balance. Like, I guess he's just trying to make things weird and crazy. And I like that a lot. And I mean, I I don't want to like reiterate too much of what was said in that podcast, because if you really want to hear more about like the game design, you should probably go listen to that podcast because it's straight from the horse's mouth, you know, and who better to hear from than the guy who's actually developing the game? So go check it out. But, I mean, the, the the variety of ways that they're changing gameplay and the variety of ways that it seems like Brad was like, hey, that sounds cool. Hey, that sounds cool. Oh, wow, yeah, that sucked. Let's not do that. And, you know, compiled a list and made that game is, is pretty promising. I mean, I'm very excited for it. I'm probably more excited for that than I am Distant Worlds 2 only because... I'm more of a turn-based guy, and now that I've seen the changes that are being made to civ 4 I'm like, oh, wow, all right. Well, you had me at civ 4 Actually, you didn't. You totally didn't. You had me at, like, let's make this game a grand strategy game with a very huge focus on people and their citizens, and let's actually increase the scope to, like, something like that of distant
2: worlds. And I was like, holy shit, that's what I want. So I'm hoping they can pull it off. Yeah, no, that'd be... What was it? I played Galsiv 3 because I got into the genre pretty late compared to you guys. Sort of, I think I fell off that pretty quick, but listening to the interview... I really like the approach where he's basically just gone, you know, like you said, you know, he's figured out this is what didn't work in the older games. And he's like, this is what these other guys have done with their games that worked really, really well. So I took all this stuff from all these different games, stuff that I like, and I went and smashed it in this game. And I thought that was a really, really good approach to take. And I kind of wish there were a lot more developers that would do stuff like that. Like, look at what works and then put it together in a way that works. So I thought it was cool. Uh, the other thing
3: that came across in the interview was, kind of how passionate Brad is for the game and for the genre in general. And he made a big fuss about the community as well. You know, he kind of made a big, he, he kind of said, you know, we've got a great community. I think, you know, even the different developers and the publishing companies, we're really not trying to be in competition with one another. We're just really trying to make everything better. Yeah, I think he came across very well.
0: Yeah, no, I I had the same feeling that he just was extremely passionate about this. Like, whereas like before he, I mean, he, he admits like he was kind of like absent through Gauss of threes development and you know, he had other stuff he was going to do and, you know, responsibilities that he just had to take care of. And we're here now. He's like, I I want to make the game that I was supposed to make with Gauss of three. And I couldn't. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's excited again. And when he gets excited, I get excited because there's only a couple times where I'm like, Brad's really excited right now. And the last time he really got excited was Fallen Enchantress, legendary heroes. And that stood out. I mean, he was really excited about Elemental, too. So <laughs> there's that one. <laughs> I mean, he was really excited. But I think, like, I think for the most part, Elemental had some great ideas. He just, it was a poor execution and a really shitty engine. But this one, they had the great engine, and they have a really solid foundation already. And he said as much. So, and then he's got Derek Paxson, who I really don't think is capable of making a bad gameplay decision. He just, everything he touches is like, all right, cool, that's that's good shit. I mean, he he made Legendary Heroes, what it is. and. I think if it weren't for him, Elemental and that whole thing would have been a complete catastrophe. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I hope to hear more. It sounds like we're going to actually see it in June. That's what he said. So an alpha in June. I, I hope that we can get some early access to it and throw some videos up and maybe the whole group here can talk about it. So with that, now we talk about PDXCon. It's going on right now. But by the time you hear this, it'll be gone forever. Hopefully. No, it won't. It'll come back next year. But the Con remixed, maybe, will hopefully be gone forever because maybe next year they could actually do a convention. But with that, there was quite a few announcements. A lot of DLCs, right? Too many. That's what they do. Oh. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you expected anything else?
0: No, I didn't. But I just... It was just, like, DLC after DLC. And really, some of them were only just, like, a, a title. Like, the Hearts of Iron 4 one was, like whatever return of soviets or Re- soviet Re- i don't remember it was a, clearly a soviet thing and that's all they had it was just like the title and then they had actually what really excited me was the the royal court one for ck3 for crusader kings 3 because it sounds like it's going to be like it's going to add a lot of role, more role-playing elements and that's exciting yeah, I think
3: um, there are a few people on our Discord who are like, "Oh, there's only DLCs," and it's like, "Well, Paradox really can't have that many developing teams going on making these massive games enough that they can unveil like two games a year or something." You know, that's I think that's a bit of an unrealistic expectation. But uh, yeah, the there was a lot of DLC, and I don't know, I don't really play Paradox games anymore. I kind of got a little, a little bit lost with all the DLC with things like EU4, and I, I do like Crusader Kings Three. I think that's a really good game but yeah I I kind of passed it by I haven't really got a whole lot to say about it to be honest
2: yeah and I just say there's a lot of them I'm sort of with Ben like I some of them I have played but I haven't touched for a while like City Skylines I was right into that when it launched and then I just kind of got over it and Empire of Sin I haven't touched I'm waiting for it to keep getting fixes and stuff Hearts of Iron I've actually kind of been checking out I'm on the fence about whether I want to get it or not and Surviving Mars um, they reckon there's more DLCs coming for that too I yeah I spent some time with that when it launched and I don't know, I thought it was interesting, but it was kind of got boring after a while. And then they brought out the DLC. Like I tried one of the DLCs and it sort of made it like a off-world trading company kind of thing. Like you got the different factions against each other and eh. So, I mean, it's cool that they're still supporting it, and might check it out at some point. But I think that's really all I've spent time with from the list of what they've brought out. I will say that the Empire of Sin stuff sounded actually pretty good.
0: I don't they didn't say anything about like actually what the DLC did other than, like, new items and new guys. I'm like, okay, cool. But the actual precinct thing that they were talking about, the precinct update, that part excited me because it sounds like now there's going to be, like, a sectioning off of territory for each of the crime bosses. And that that sounds pretty 4 to me. I and, mean, like, the way you expand and you can expand into, like, various areas and then if somehow, like, other crime bosses actually expand into areas that were, like, in between your home area and these new areas that you were taking, like there was like, you know, basically like chances of piracy and then there was like supply routes you have to like consider. And I don't know, it all kind of sounded a lot more strategic in that regard. And that sounded cool. And, you know, I, I know Ben and I had a conversation. I don't even know if I actually ever released that podcast, <laughs> but have you not released it? Uh, not to the general public and I'm sorry, okay. I will, I will do that. But we had a public we had a podcast interview with Chris King, who's the like strategy game developer. I don't remember what his, his t- title was, but the uh, the guy who does the strategy portion for Empire of Sin, and he was super not like open about anything they were doing. And so it's, I mean, at this point, it's a moot conversation because really everything that he could have said was said. at The PDX gone, but I will say that the stuff that Empire of Sin that was the most exciting for me because I felt like. I feel I feel like Empire Sin could be a really good game, especially if they actually lean into the strategy stuff a bit more. So I I was really happy to hear that, and I'm hoping that the DLC leans in a little bit more to that too. So I think I'm going to do a, a let's play of that and like see what it's all about. Now I I kind of want Hearts of Iron to be to be a good game
3: because it's got you know what Hearts of Iron it just as a concept is a really really cool idea, but I never, I found that the, the, the most recent DLCs that they've added have complicated the game to the point where I can't be bothered to play it anymore, and the combat in it just doesn't quite, I don't like the, t- the kind of, I like turn-based stuff if I'm going to play a war game, and I know it's not strictly a war game, there's a lot of grand strategy stuff going on, but I don't know, I just don't really get on with the combat in um, Paradox's games, and I find it less intrusive in Crusader Kings 3 as I do in Hearts of Iron, but I think if they can tighten that game up, it could be a really, really good game. So that's out of all of them, really, that they were talking about. That's the one thing that that I was kind of interested to hear about, but there wasn't really any info. You know, it was just this one set on the Soviet front. Like, okay, fair enough. I've already got war in the East. <laughs> like, what what else he got for me, man?
0: Yeah, no, and that that was, I mean, Hearts of Iron 4 never really did for me. The only thing that really excited me was Empire of Sin stuff, the Crusader Kings 3 DLC. And then, of course, the Victoria, Vic, Vic, Victoria 3, is that what they call it? I don't know. Oh, well, well,
1: Why's that even there? It's just, you know,
0: Queen Victoria's dead.
1: Oh, Why do we care? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a hot take from Drexie there, man. <laughs> wow. All right, we just got X-rated here. I don't know what's going on. I don't, you know what? I Yeah, I mean, I, I played Vicky 2. I enjoyed it. I do remember playing it and enjoying it. And I thought that it was doing some, like, very, uh, the the population stuff, I think, Definitely influenced some of the stuff that they're doing with Stellaris, but actually, they did it better in Victoria than they did it in Stellaris. And it looks like they're bringing all that back. So, and they're also bringing back some of the like the colonial stuff and slavery stuff, which I was almost certain they weren't going to because I thought they were going to bend to like the like SJW will there. Not to say that like that stuff isn't awful, but at the same time, like if you're going to play a game that's in that time frame, like that was that's history, it sucked we sucked but
3: it happened yeah there's a way of doing that i think in you know and and telling that side of the story from both sides you know it doesn't have to glorify anything it doesn't and it doesn't have to kind of make it out to be this kind of this completely incorrect view that seems to be going around at, at the moment as well you know there's there's some kind of halfway there's some balance to be found and i think if they're going to i don't know i don't think that vicky t- 3 or oh, sorry victoria 2 really really lent into the colonization part of that history anyway so i think that that was the first thing that I thought. I was like, oh, are you really going to do this game now? Um, you know, when clearly you're gonna get so much critique from a certain group of people, most of whom who don't actually play games. And then I thought, well, actually, this could be an opportunity. I think it was Omar who said this, and it was a very good point that it's an opportunity to kind of examine that side of history, really, and do it from a do it from a way that you know, doesn't, isn't just sort of a a very partisan way of looking at it. We should also mention, by the way, that Chris King, the guy who we interviewed um, about Empire of Sin was the lead designer, I think on, um, or he was, he was one of the game designers for Victoria 2. So that was just kind of interesting that he, that we kind of, you know, we didn't even know that about him until we kind of researched who he was before we did the interview.
0: So (laughs) it turned out that he was actually responsible
3: for a pretty important game.
0: Yeah. And to, to his point about that, we actually didn't know who Chris King was because we were told we were having an interview with Brenda Romero <laughs> until like an hour beforehand. So, I, yeah, I, I, whatever, it is what it is. Brenda Romero is cool and I know she's super busy, but the only reason we didn't really know much about Chris King is because we hadn't had a chance to look him up before we were thrust upon him or he was thrust upon us. That sounds strange.
1: <laughs> I mean, going, going back to the uh, whole slavery stuff and that i mean the british empire did play a big role in actually ending it so maybe that could be part of the game you know keep some people happy with that and also the game was leaked about eight hours before the the announcement which was a bit sad for them it popped up on reddit oh no Is that is that a thing <laughs> yeah did someone had the screenshot of the uh, dev blog on reddit about yeah it was about eight hours before it was announced on the stream <laughs> Didn't that happen to Warhammer
3: three as well a few days ago? In fact, I know it did. Like that that also happened to Creative Assembly too. They they were going to release their, you know, their reveal of Warhammer 3 and with all this kind of hullabaloo and loads of loads of um content creators who've made stuff for it. And then they ended up just doing the the trailer a day early and we were like, Oh, we weren't expecting that and none of the content creators were as well. And it turns out it's because it got I think it's because it got leaked and somebody leaked it onto Reddit, so they, they kind of quickly put the the trailer out just so that they
0: they could kind of like re-steal some of their fire i guess yeah i was, was going to say that was less of a leak as much as of it, it was as much as it was creative assembly saying oh yeah we're we're doing this and we're going to do this early <laughs> so i don't know that was yeah i mean to to Drexy's point like it did suck like that those screenshots looked extremely official so i was pretty damn sure like that we were going to get victoria 3 and yeah sure enough it was victoria 3 which you know it is what it is and honestly i don't think martin anward is that great of a developer so i mean he's he's a a a personable guy and he's uh, he seems friendly but there's a lot of people that have legitimate complaints against what he did to Stellaris, and i mean he's the one that was responsible for kind of neutering it in a lot of ways but also in some ways balancing it so like i don't i don't know where it's going to end up on the scale like he's He did a lot of good things and a lot of really bad things for Solaris. So I don't know. Strange times. I mean, the game looks great. It looks actually very similar to CK3, but, you know, it has a. I mean, The engine's clearly the same engine, and it's clearly probably, like, some of the base code's probably the same because it looks very similar, but the the rest of it looks good. I'm, I'm excited about it. I won't play it until it's got, like, 17 patches out first, though.
1: Yeah, but then you'd have to buy all the DLC to go with those patches. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited for it. I've never played uh, C2, and from what I heard, it's quite a different uh, play style to both EU4 and uh, Crusader Kings. So yeah, looking forward to it different focus really it's definitely less war
3: focused if i remember right and it was more it's got a really interesting kind of city population civic management thing and i think that's partly what they they're kind of like trying to re- replicate that kind of vibe with Stellaris, with the pop system in Stellaris. and i don't know whether that was successful or not really but uh, at least with victoria 2 that, that was pretty cool you know you had different vote like different voting rights for different classes of people and you know you uh yeah it's just it's just an interesting game i haven't played it a whole lot to be honest but you know, I, I think that was that's one that I've been meaning to go back to because every time anybody mentions a paradox game, there's always one guy who'll come up and go, "Oh well, you know, Victoria, who's the best game?" and they'll never, re- they'll never remake it because Mirror, is Mirror, And it turns out that they've actually done it now. So <laughs> hopefully, we can see an end to those people popping up.
1: <laughs> no more Vicky free confirmed memes. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, it's funny though because as they were doing their initial PDX remixed streams. They actually banned Victoria 3 in their chat. And I was just like, oh, like, I kind of thought that was dumb. Although at the same time, I was like pretty excited about it because like before, like it was just like before they banned it, it was just Victoria 3. Like literally everyone was saying Victoria 3 and then they banned the word Victoria 3. So you got like two strikes and you were out. And so people were like doing Victoria by doing V1, you know, C, T, 0, R, Y. And I was like, oh, my God, or whatever, no, that's victory, but <laughs> you get what I am saying. What's and that about? Why would you? Why would they do that? Just probably because the
1: leak. They were try I guess they were trying to, like, you know, hide the fact that most people knew, <laughs> or a bunch of people who read Reddit knew. Oh, I see. Okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah, it was strange. So, anyways, yeah, PDXcon. It's in the books, probably by the time you. Hear, well, I know it will be by the time you hear this. So, you know, I am. I am hoping that we. It sounds like Victoria Three is not even remotely close to being done. I mean, they said they weren't even giving a release window yet, which means not even in 2021. So maybe 2022 or three, who knows? But I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, let's put it that way. And I, I was surprised that we didn't see anything for Solaris at all, whatsoever. I wasn't surprised that we didn't see anything for Europa Universalis, but that's only because their last release was catastrophic. But it's the I think it is, at the time of this recording, it's still the lowest rated product on steam so that's really bad achievements unlocked (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well done paradox (laughs) so yeah that's that's uh, that wasn't surprising to hear that or see that they didn't do anything for europe universalis but you know i was surprised that they didn't have even like a species pack or something for solaris i was expecting something like that but they didn't do it so that sucked and the next thing that ben wants to talk about i'm sure is conquest of elysium 5 which is the sequel to Conquest of Elysium 4. Good to know that you can count properly, Rob. Yes.
3: <laughs> it's not bad for this time in IA. Eh? Yeah, so Conquest of Elysium 5. So if you called Galcev 4, I called this one, because uh, there w- there's been rumor on the scene that basically there's a new game in the works by Illwinter, and well... Their other thing that they were working on, Trade and Taint, never came out. Um, that was p- apparently some game that they were working on in between Dominions 4 and 5. Or no, I think it might have been in between Dominions 3 and 4. And they worked on it for years and didn't really do anything with it. So we, nobody knows if that thing's ever going to come out. So the the buzz was that it was going to be Dominion 6. And I thought that that was wrong because uh, Conquest of Elysium 4 is an older game than Dominions 5. Dominions 5 not actually been out that long. I'll tell you how new Dominions 5 is, I can remember buying it. So if an old guy like me can actually remember something, then it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> like So uh, I think that uh, Dominion's Kai must have come out in 2016? 2017. 2000, 2017, was it? So yeah, it's, it's not that old. It's only four years old. So anyway, Con- Conquest of Elysium 5. It looks, I- I'm going to quote um, my mate Pinback here who said, it looks like exactly like Conquest of Elysium 4, so that means I'm going to buy it immediately. And that, that's exactly my thoughts. It It looks like more of the same. If you're looking for a drastically different game, it ain't going to be that. It's going to be, um, you know, kind of like what what does tactic likes, you know, the iteration of a of a winning formula. Um, they're adding more. Uh, it looks like they're adding a couple of new races, um, uh, uh, well, new characters. There's going to be some more planes of existence to be able to travel to. There, there's not really a lot of information on any mechanical changes, but I think the the community in you know the Conquest of Elysium fan base that there's a wide variety of critiques that come out from people about this. So there's some people get kind of a little bit fed up with the way that the the wildlife works some of them don't like some of them don't like the kind of really heavy rng reliance in the game but i quite like that so i don't really have the same critique criticisms as a lot of the other people do but um Ill-Winter are apparently listening to all criticism at the moment because they've been putting up they've been putting up uh, threads on steam and in other places you know, saying, "Hey, what do you think that we should do for Conquest of Elysium 5? I'm not going to promise we're going to put it in, but you know, we'd like to hear all your feedback. So, yeah, that's what that's going on at the moment. It's got a loose release date of around August, they said, but it's not it's not set in stone. So, don't get too too uh, you know unhappy if it doesn't work out that way. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I love Conquest of Elysium. I've just started playing it multiplayer, and it's really really good fun playing it co op with friends. So um, yeah, I'm I'm mega excited about that.
1: I wasn't so excited. <laughs> Because it doesn't look that much different from 4, which didn't look that much different from 3. Uh, I think I actually played 3 more than 4 because, yeah, like you said, it's more of an iteration rather than a big change, and I'll be interested to hear what the actual differences are, because so far the information they've put out is uh, very scant.
3: They mostly gave out just screenshots, really, and so a lot of what we've kind of pieced together will be from the screenshots that they put up on the website, but from, we can see that there's like a Kalem based faction. So, for the listeners who don't know, Kalem are one of the factions in Dominions. And obviously, a lot of the, they recycle a lot of their art assets. I think, anyway, I I don't want to. I don't want to uh, disrespect Illwinter here, but I, th- th- I think they, they recycle a lot of their art assets between the two games. So um, one of them at least looks like a Birdman race. So for all of you who want to shout Gordon's alive <laughs> in Conquest of Elysium, now's your opportunity. But it's got like a kind of sky layer as well. So there's a there's a plane of existence where you can kind of travel around in the clouds. And they, uh, they were saying that, you, you know, the non-flying races can get up to them via beanstalks and other such interesting devices. So yeah, it's, it sounds like it's going to be suitably ridiculous, but Drexy's dead right. It's 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 clearly going to be just an, a small iteration on the same game. If you're not sold on Conquest of Elysium, it's probably not going to be that exciting for you.
0: I do find the irony in the earlier statement that I made about how you, me, and Das Tactic were talking about the lack of need for a sequel to be somewhat different and you, sir, were someone who was pretty squarely in the, I'd like to see sequels do things better and different and, and exciting and all that. And here we are with a sequel to Conquest Elysium 4 that looks exactly like Conquest, sorry, that looks exactly like Conquest Elysium 4. And you're like, yeah, day one buy for me. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm giving you a hard time, but it just, I, I agreed with you on the whole, like, I'd like to see sequels be better in some way, or do things different, maybe change things a little bit different. And I understood where Daz was saying, or like where he was coming from when he said that you know you couldn't, you didn't want to alienate your player base, your fan base. But at the same time, like I, I don't know Conquest of Elysium that well, but CoE four, CoE five looks exactly like CoE four. So I didn't, yeah, I'm Oof. with, I'm with Drex. To respond um one I've never ever claimed that I'm
3: not a hypocrite <laughs> I'm, I'm the first person to admit that. Secondly, well this this goes this just goes to show you then and you, you should be able to extrapolate this from what Daz was saying because Daz thinks that uh, age of wonders is an almost perfect game he loves it you know i mean i think you know i'm putting words into his mouth there but i think you know you can kind of like take that from that that could be the takeaway from how he feels he loves that game very much it's his very favorite game and i feel the very same way about conquest of elysium i i think it's it's not a perfect game but it's really really good and i'm really reluctant for them for the illwinter to do anything too drastic that's going to really shake that game up and change it. Like I I see a lot of people whinging about the RNG in it and I like it. I like it how you can't, like they're saying that, you know, they're going to come up, maybe come up with a way to manufacture your own magic items. And I'm like, uh, kind of like how you can't do that already because it means that when you do find them randomly, they are really precious. And, you know, I think that's that, that that's part of the charm of the game and part of the the fun of the game is that there's so much random stuff in there and it, it comes up so infrequently some of it that you don't often that you know you can play the game for several years and not see certain things so i think that I, i'm really against them adding anything in there that will remove that you know the magic of the game in that respect however um there are ways of doing it that don't they don't ruin that so you know I'm, I'm yeah i'm interested to see what they're doing but yeah just to, to, about the point you know between whether games should be iterations or drastic remakes i think it just depends on whether the game is a winning formula or not you know think about how many of those football man- you know soccer manager games there are and they are just the same game they re- they sell they sell more than anything else by the way like football manager 2021 or whatever it probably sold more games than sold, sold more copies than like nearly everything on steam put together <laughs> So, you know, that's just, uh, it's just, unfortunately, you know, when people find a winning formula, they are going to keep cranking it out.
1: I think with Illwinner, instead of releasing DLC, they just release a new version of the game almost. And yeah, I'd rather pay for one game once every four, five, six years than what Paradox does where you're buying DLC or two every year. So,
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I I think that, you know, I think Illwinters fans are not going to, really complain about paying for a relatively cheap game like either dominions or conquest of elysium and i mean what what was dominions when it came out about i think in english money it was about 35 quid which man the, i've got 500 hours nearly out of that game now and i'm i'm, I'm close to 100 hours in conquest of elysium 4 and i think it cost me like 10 15 pounds so it's incredible value for money and if you happen to yeah you know every five years you have to buy a new copy well i can deal with that how much DLC has come out for Stellaris in the four or five years that that game has existed. It's a lot more than probably you spent on one of the old winter games, I'd imagine. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think that's fair.
0: Yeah. Good discussion. I, I agree. I think that, I mean, when you put it in that perspective, I think that's a much better plan, much more consumer friendly plan. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll come out and they'll be like, yo, by the way, we're doing all this really cool stuff. We add like 15 new races and you know, all this other stuff that maybe will feel like a a, a larger iter- iteration. I, use, I almost said iteration because you guys said it. Iteration. Anyways, there's a few other things we're going to say real quick and then we're going to wrap the show up. But we would be remiss if we didn't mention that Iron Harvest Operation Eagle is going to be coming out. That's going to be adding the Usonia faction, which is definitely the Americans, but not the Americans. And strangely enough, I thought maybe Sean would be in agreement with me here, but i they they haven't really played a large role in the scythe game at all really like the actual board game itself so for them to have been the first dlc faction race i was really surprised by it but i think they're trying to appeal to their american audience what do you think
2: i'm not really sure about the scythe board game i haven't really spent any time with it i don't think anyone was expecting this though all the artwork and discussion i was seeing was all around like the uh was it was like the Takagawa Shogunate and there was another one too. I can't remember what the other faction was, but there was nothing about the Asonia faction. Like I didn't even know it was a thing until they brought the trailer out. So it's it's pretty out of left field, but it looks cool. And like you get an air units and it's adding a whole new element to the game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It looks interesting. I, I only said that because I don't think I've ever seen it in the Scythe
0: game at all. Like the I know the digital board game doesn't have them at all and i'm not familiar with the actual board game itself so i didn't know whether or not that was something that you know maybe was in the board game and i just didn't know about it but you know the the, the little bit i know about the 1920 plus world and universe i didn't know about uzoni at all so for that to be the one that they came out with i mean i'm cool with it cuz it's exciting to me and i do think that the whole like blimp you know whatever zeppelin thing looks awesome so that's going to be a huge reason for me to jump back in and, and enjoy that game. I'm, I'm really excited for it. I think that was a really cool thing for them to do, and it sounds like Iron Harvest is doing a lot better than I thought it was. So that's also good. What's Scythe like, by the way? I'm interested to hear about it a little. Oh, it's it's very much a 4X game. It's a very much a 4X board game. I mean, it's the like I mean, there's a lot of setting up your economy and developing certain tiles, and then making your way towards being able to develop these mechs and and wage war with them. So it's it's actually a pretty decent board. I mean, the digital version I enjoyed quite a bit. So it took me a while to figure out because the tutorial is not as great as it could be. But you can get on and find some really good let's plays of people who know how to play the game. And yeah, it's it's a very very like I, w- I don't want to say simplistic because it's not, but it's a very straightforward I should say 4x game where you're building up your economy and then using that economy to destroy other people
3: sounds really cool man you've got you've piqued my interest actually i I quite like the look of iron harvest i i played the demo and i I was like ah yeah, it's company heroes basically and i think that was a bit unfair you know i um i I just because i don't really play rts very much anymore so um i but i like the way it looks it's really really it was really nicely presented i think i'd like to play that with multiplayer so maybe i might have to drag sean out of Australia. <laughs> we'll have to sync ourselves up time wise and play some multiplayer because that, that that sounds like it might be quite good fun.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say this sounds like it might be right up our alley and we can add it to the list of games that we're definitely gonna play <laughs> together at some point. we remember looking at the Scythe digital board game a while ago and it looked pretty interesting. It's just I've I've been looking into it and I'm like, oh it'd be really cool to have, but then I don't really have one anyone to play it with, so what's the point? But then if we did, then that would be awesome. As for the game, yeah when it came out it overall like it was pretty good. It just had a couple of glaring issues, like it had some dodgy AI. I think there were some people who weren't real happy with the multiplayer side of it and there's just some balance issues, but I think they've pretty well ironed all that out now. So now it's it's a pretty easy to recommend game. Like it's it's in a good place. So I'm glad that they're continuing with it. From what I can tell with you sonia it doesn't look like it was a thing in the scythe board game. It was like an independent, like an AI faction kind of thing. So it's like they've just made it from that. So I don't know, it looks cool anyway.
0: Sweet. Go Americans. They'll be the first one I play. I'm excited. And there's some other stuff that happened, and we're not going to talk about this this episode because <laughs> like, we've we've run out of time. So, is there anything else you guys want to say before we wrap things up? We should probably talk quickly about the Total
3: War Warhammer stuff. Like, basically, there's not a lot to talk about. They just released some trailers. Um, there's some more information about the game. Uh, we've got had a look at the Kislev faction and you know some of the characters behind it i'm really excited about warhammer 3 i think it's looking really really cool there seems to be a little bit of misunderstanding from the fans because they they uh creative assembly showcased a new battle type that's kind of it looks like it might be replacing some of the old quest battles and people were like oh god it looks like a moba and whinging and not like not taking the time to kind of realize yeah it is just one battle type and the the all of the existing mechanics and you know the way that the game plays out is going to be pretty much the same as warhammer 2 just with some extra stuff so yeah, they, they spent quite a long time trying to allay fan fears that they'd kind of dumb the game down and you know how it is with gaming with the gaming community now and like whenever something somebody tries to change something in even the smallest way everybody complains so but yeah that i'm, I'm really excited for warhammer 3 i think that the Warhammer Total War Warhammer games, amongst the most played games on my Steam library. I play them all the time. Like every I can't I can't keep away from them. Like every couple of weeks I'll boot it up and just play a couple of custom battles. I just love it so much. So just personally speaking, I'm really excited about Warhammer 3. I think it's gonna be amazing.
1: Hey man, I've bought every both games, every DLC and never really played the game. So maybe this time around, I will. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I own both of them, most of the DLC. I haven't bought the last few for Warhammer 2 because I was like, I'm not playing it. Why am I buying this stuff? There's a couple of games that I will buy all the DLC for, but that's not one of them. I mean, I've put a fair bit of time into it. I still don't think I've ever won a game, but it, it is a very cool game. Like I'm looking forward to the third one, even though I probably won't ever finish a game in that either. Yeah, no, I've I've got
0: the first one. I never purchased the second Wait, No, I did. I did get the second one. That's right, because I started doing like the Mortal Empires thing, and like each turn took like forty-two minutes, and I was like, "Oh, this is not yep. cool." <laughs> so I just—that's that's
3: what bugged that. me. They fixed, they fixed that as well. They—they uh, they, like, they supposedly so fixed that. Now. No, they, it's, they, it's not supposedly they like if you if you click end turn on Mortal Empires now, it takes on. It, it's probably about 30 seconds for the turn to roll. It's really fast. It's like like before it was like several minutes and that's on my super fast computer. So other people were really struggling. But yeah, that don't use that as an excuse anymore. man. they fix that, they fixed that ages ago. It's, it's
0: like it's grease lightning now. OK, well, what I will say is that even just let's say 10 turns of a total war game, especially the Warhammer games, feels like an eternity and not because not because I'm not having fun it's it is fun but it just feels like everything takes a long time and I don't know I I, I can appreciate them because they, they're very pretty games combat looks amazing I love the fantasy Warhammer universe way more than I do like the sci-fi stuff and you know I I genuinely think that like when I play it I'm like cool this is really cool but I can't get into it because I feel like every game takes forever. And it's, no, not, just, fair. Yeah, it's fair. not just, yeah, it's not just, it's not just the turn times, it's everything. So, I mean, I, I'm with Sean. I mean, like I've never, I've never actually completed a campaign ever. And it's because it just takes it damn long. So
3: me, me either. And I've I've got a thousand hours in between the two games and I've still not finished one yet. No, I've definitely not finished a long campaign. I might have finished the short one. I, I don't remember now. It's like, I'm getting old but yeah I, it's it's one of those games that you you play it's kind of sandboxy so you play it till you're sort of done and then you you kind of you know like the paradox games i kind of see them like that now i i don't feel the need to finish warhammer campaigns ever i i just play until i'm done with them and then i i, I
2: start a new one <laughs> yeah i think i'm sort of in the same boat as rob like i find any of those games that sort are of like that where you have like the the sort of grand strategy layery kind of thing with the turn base, and then you've got the real time combat is all of them seem to drag on if once you start getting multiple battles going in a turn, the same like Battlestar, like Deadlock, Battlefleet Gothic. I'm trying to think of other ones. I can't, but any of those ones that are, yeah, that one too. Yeah. Once you get into it, it just feels like it drags on a bit and it's like, you've got the auto resolve feature, but sometimes it works against you and you might lose like, a key character that you need, like it just screws you. So then you've got to go back and do it anyway. So that's I think that's sort of where it gets me, but I still really enjoy it. And I like going back into it and dabbling in it as well. Great stuff. All right. Well, Hey guys, I
0: really appreciate you joining me. I know that you guys were up early. The two of you, Ben and Drexy, Thank you.
1: No problem. I, no worries, man. I just make sure the checks in the mail.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's on the way. And Sean, thanks for joining us at a reasonable time for you this time. No, you know, it's no worries, man. I'm still joining you live from the future. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this was a great episode and it's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of news. I'm just really excited for the future of forex and strategy games because right now, I mean, there was something said on one of the major sites, I mean like PC Gamer that that 2021 might go down as one of the best games of, best years of strategy games and I'm 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 actually with them. I mean, if you think about everything we've just talked about, 90% of that's going to be coming out this year and that's just insane. I don't remember a year where I was like, wow, we've got Total War Warhammer 3 and Distant Worlds 2 and, you know, Old World, Humankind. I mean, these all these games that we could just keep rattling off and they're all coming out this year. And so I'm I'm really excited for the year of 2021 with regards to strategy games. I think we're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff this year. Well, thank
3: God, because last year was sucked,
1: so, didn't it? Really, <laughs> it was hardly anything. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of like what was it around 2014, I guess, when Forex sort of made a comeback and suddenly had this massive influx of games. Just hopefully, we get more good games than Master Ryan clones this time. <laughs> what's yeah, right. what's going to be cloned this time around? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was just thinking. I was with Rob, you know, like near the end of last year when we heard about Humankind and that, we were already talking about how it was going to be a big year. And now there's just like there's more stuff that we didn't know about, and it seems like every new every week there's something else that's being announced, and it's just going to be massive, like way bigger than what I think we even thought it was going to be last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I almost forgot. Even in that that short time frame there, that with that discussion, with that thought, I mean, there's DLC coming to some of the better games out there too, and yeah, I mean, there's just there's so much and. You know, I, what I'll do, I think, we'll in we'll this episode, in we'll the show, by kind of just really quickly talking about what we're playing. So, you know, Ben, I'd like to know what you're playing. Yeah, you're going to be surprised, but I've been
3: playing Endless Legend, because every time I play it or do any kind of review or talk about it, I upset everybody. And <laughs> um, so I, I keep having people say, look, man, if you play the game more, you'll start to see the game's benefits. And... Well, as promised, I've started to like it, so I do like it. I think it's—I <gasps> do actually quite like the game. I think it's—it's uh, it's a lot better than I gave it credit for. I still got criticism though, and I, I don't think it's perfect. So it's not an A—it's not an S tier game for me, but it's—it's a—it's a good game, and I'm starting to. I'm starting to enjoy it a lot, a lot more. I'll just say that. So yeah, that's mostly what I've been playing that will be interesting to other people. I've also played quite a lot of Conquest of Elysium because I'm excited about the new game coming out. So me and some buddies have been playing that on uh, multiplayer and, and me and
0: Drexy have been playing a multiplayer game of Dominions as well. I, I'm sorry, I'm speechless because I just... I mean, I, I, so actually to your credit, and I don't want to get to this too much, but like to your credit, I think, A, first of all, it's great that you put some time into it to see if it was something you could like. But two, I think your frustrations the things that you said your criticisms with the game on i think it was on the steam forums yeah that they were actually legitimate i think that you know you are somebody who enjoys combat and i think endless legends combat is its weakest point so you know i think it would be hard for you to get into it and there's it is a slow game i'm i mean i'm 100% with you it's a slow paced game so if you know if you don't like games that are kind of slow to pick up and really don't ever really pick up i mean you only have maybe a couple armies at a time ever in the game. And, you know, things are much more focused on the backstory and faction development and stuff like that in that game. And if those aren't your thing, then, you know, Endless Legend is going to be your thing, but I'm cool. Hey, quite- here's a hot, here's a hot take though. Um, sorry to interrupt. Here's a hot take though. Um, I
3: do like warring games and um, that's probably why I didn't like the game initially, but I I'm also with, the, you know, the people who say I really wish there were, you know 4x games that, that were less war focused well endless legend is one like I, i've i've started to see that now and actually I, I think it's quite exciting and interesting as a result i do think it's a little bit too slow paced anyway however like you know I, i'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on the game right because i don't really know i still i am still only i've only played the game for about 20 hours ever so i can't really i don't really You know, but it's gripped me now. It's gripped me more than it has done ever before. And I I will finish some games of it now, especially now that I know how to increase the speed of the animations. Because, God, that's so slow. Like, seriously, Amplitude, what are you doing? Do not have your game that slow as default. It's like, Oh, it's infuriating. Maybe I've just got ADHD or something, but but yeah, no, I am I am enjoying it, and uh, you know, I, I'm starting to see some of the criticisms that people threw at me because of my misunderstanding of the game, and I, I yeah, you know, I, I do. I'm not I'm not having one of these kind of like public apology sessions because I'm not doing like, <laughs> I don't think it's in, I don't think it's perfect. You know, I think I, I think that it, it does a lot of stuff wrong. For everything it does something right, it does something wrong. But I think that yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it another a bit more of a go and and just see if see if I can kind of like eke out this depth that people keep talking about. <laughs>
0: It's it's about this, right? It's about the the decisions you can make turn to turn. I mean, like especially, and I don't want to get again. I'm trying not to just like. draw Why this
1: out. did you bring up this game? He's gonna talk for hours.
0: Now. Well, no, let me just say this one part, right? I'm just gonna say this one thing. It's really about like the turn to turn stuff that you really could min max, right? Like the movement of your citizens, the like the actual like building order of a lot of your stuff the very, especially the the first like sixty turns. Is huge, and you know, there's like many different ways you can do it, and it's it's very dependent on which faction you choose. But that kind of depth is seldomly seen. So, but anyways, I agree. I, agree.
3: I think I think that's what I've seen in it. I think it's it's clearly a you know, a, I mean, there are some factions that don't even do really war, you know. And um th- when somebody pointed that out to me, I was like, well, well, that's got to in- it's got to have some mechanics in it that that are exciting to to make that faction interesting to play because. You know, I I usually avoid Forex games if they're really light on the warfare because I like the war side. But you know, um yeah, I I, I see it. Anyway, let's let's move. <laughs> let's move on.
0: <laughs> All right, Drexy, what are you playing? Like Fortnite or what? Yeah, Fortnite,
1: uh uh Call of Duty, is it that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh no, I've been playing uh of as Ben mentions, the uh, Dominions Five Multiplayer game which someone let me down and I lost my whole army to someone's God and they didn't help me. So at some point I'm going wow. to have to stick the knife in their back. <laughs> sorry, Maybe their, their name starts with B.
3: Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, was, it wasn't deliberate. I, I, Agatha is slow and it, they've only got little legs and it takes ages to move across the map and, you know, excuses. <laughs> I love this.
0: I think that's hey,
1: what- uh, on-
0: no, I just think that's the coolest part about Dominions 5 is like the the actual diplomacy, like literal, actual like diplomacy between players because you guys are communicating. I think that's cool.
1: And uh, inspired by your talk with Data uh, Tactics, I uh, gave Age of Wonders playing for a little uh, go today. I decided not to play the tutorial again because I have in the past and I've sort of never, go, never end up getting past it. So I'm sort of gone in blind and I'm a bit confused and I just I like the battles in that game and I'm just going to sit back and have as many battles as I can enjoy them and learn what the rest of it's about on the way sort of thing. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing.
0: That's a great plan. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually genuinely impressed that you're playing 4X games. I, I I feel like you've turned over a new leaf. You're the only person that's normally like, Oh, well, uh, I just fired up NBA 2K1 or <laughs> 2K21. Like,
1: well, I, I mean, I'm playing, uh, league of legends all mid every See, day there, a couple you go. Times. there you
0: go but that's just because my friend likes to play
2: it and well that's my excuse
0: <laughs> sean sean do it figure, fix this what, what's up man
2: oh okay yeah uh i've been playing a couple of things i've been doing a little bit of battlefleet gothic armada 2 because i discovered that you can customize it and turn off that stupid urgency turn thing which just pissed me off when i tried it it just i don't know it feels like it pushes you way too hard to finish it quickly and then you just hit the fail state and it was just annoying so now i'm just having fun like going through it and i've tweaked the stats of the factions and that so it's made it more fun so i'm plugging away at that um also i have been playing the tactical breach wizards play test which i'm sure you want to know about oh yes yes that was interesting <laughs> um yeah so i've played through that it's not bad um I feel like it's not so much of a tactics game that it is more like a puzzle game. Like all the levels, nearly all the levels are handcrafted. You go through, like they're all playing the same way. Whoa. Hey, it's cause
0: he's making love with it. Uh, no, what? I think you're too close to your mic.
2: Oh, is that better? Yeah. No, sorry. Fuck. Um, all right. Do you want me to start with tactical breach wizards? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So something that I think Rob wants to know about is tactical breach wizards been playing the play test of that. So, yeah, I've been playing through the playtest. It feels not so much like a tactics game, more like a puzzle game. Everything's handcrafted and pre-made. You go through like the enemy spawns and compositions don't change and you've just got to find, you can take them out at your pleasure kind of thing. But you've got um, optional objectives that are a bit harder to satisfy. Like you might have to throw a certain amount of people off a building in one turn, which sounds a bit crazy. It it is a lot of fun to do that, by the way. Um, But yeah, so it's mostly handcrafted. And then when you get to the end, there is some procedurally generated stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's more story-driven, I think, than about the tactics. But I'm quite enjoying it. Like the humor and storytelling is really good. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to get in on the test on that and they
0: didn't invite me. But I did get in on a game called Going Medieval. And I'm gonna put up a video for that because that's like RimWorld meets the medieval times, and it's actually pretty cool. Although it's a little slow, and it's not probably it's probably not as exciting as RimWorld is because I feel like the sci-fi elements of RimWorld are, are what make RimWorld like as exciting as it is. But and there's no like cannibalism either, at least from what I can tell. But going medieval was pretty cool. I've been doing that, and then I've been beta testing a lot of games. So like. Uh, the ones I can talk about are humankind of course' um, the VIP, or in the VIP program for humankind and you know they're ramping up the like builds and getting ready for their August yeah August release date So they've really been taking all the feedback from the Victor open Dev and starting to incorporate the best they can and you know it's kind of cool to see their response to all that and seeing that game come together So I've been playing that. And I have two games that I'm NDA'd on, so I'm not allowed to say anything about that, which sucks, because I really want to talk about both of them. And then, what else did I play? American Circus Show, which is a card game wherein you are basically trying to entertain these people, but it's, it's basically like a card battler, but... Instead of battling people, you're actually trying to entertain them, but it's it works out the same way. I, I would say that I've done a video of that too. I will say that the, like the actual setting of the game is unique enough that it's kept me interested, but it definitely is very, very much a card battler like every other game. So then what else? There's probably something else that I'm forgetting. I've been playing a lot lately. Old World. I've got, I'm now like up to episode 12 on Old World, in my Let's Play and things have dramatically changed. I think it was really cool because I started off the series and I was in a really bad spot. I was kind of slow to the draw. I didn't really keep up with some of the things that I should have because I kind of haven't played it in a while. And then I was in between two major, the two biggest factions who both declared war on me within a couple turns of each other, and I had rebels because I'd pissed off a couple of my families. And then... I was like, wow, cool. So not only am I at war with myself, but I'm at war with two of the biggest factions. I figured out a way to sue for peace against one of them. And then I ended up like making my families happy. I don't want to give too much away, but I somehow turned it around. And now I'm winning the war with Egypt. So, And that's where the last episode dropped, dropped off. So I don't want to give too much away. But it's such a good game. Old World is one of the best games I've played in some time. So it's going to be really hard for me to figure out where I'm going to vote at the end of this year when it comes time to vote for a four X game of the year between humankind and old world and then possibly Distant worlds too, because right now I, I wouldn't be able to tell you which game I like better humankind or old world. So yeah. Anyways, Sean, you also been talking, playing that tackle troops game, right?
2: Yeah, so that was uh, Tactical Troops Anthracite Shift, I think it was called. So I've got a review in progress from that. It's I'm actually impressed with it. It's a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, I didn't really know much going in, so I was like, I don't know what I'm dealing with. Um, the best part, I think, hands down is the AI. It's the best I've seen in a game in a long time. It feels like you're playing against a human that's a bit of a jerk, basically. Like, you will move up, see an enemy realize that you don't have the points to actually shoot at them back up and then overwatch and then they'll uh, for the AI seems to know that you're probably like it must be like a probability thing like it thinks you're overwatching that area and it'll walk around the other side of the building and shoot you from the other side like it's actually it's not a walk in the park at all so no, I'm really enjoying it actually it's actually given me a challenge and sort of pushing me a bit because I haven't played anything like it in a while but yeah it's a lot of fun awesome great stuff well in this case this part awesome
0: great stuff well it's now been 10 15 minutes after i last said goodbye to you so now it is a real goodbye really good to hear that you guys are all enjoying your games it's a really good time to be a gamer right now actually so let's uh keep doing that i think we should keep being gamers keep doing this yeah all right well (laughs) yeah
2: hey guys oh man all
0: right well Hopefully famous. we'll be back in a couple of weeks to do something else fun. Who knows? Who You know? Honestly, two weeks ago when we did our last episode with Planetfall and Daz, I had no idea what was coming for us. I had no idea of all the things that were going to be released or announced in that time frame. So who knows what will happen in the next two weeks? But it's been a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks for all. It's always fun, man. See you later, guys. And Drexy, you. Very barotone, handsome man. Thank you. Thank you, So well. I can finally
1: go and eat my dinner after you kept me here for hours. And
0: hours. <laughs> <laughs> I have a joke. I'm not making it. Thanks, Sean.
2: Thanks for coming from down under. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. It's still the afternoon here, so I'm going to go and do some yard work. <laughs> what you guys don't know is that it's such a nightmare editing this podcast when Sean's on it because we've
3: got to reverse his voice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 invert it it's like you're playing a disc backwards. And, uh, what was I can't remember. Anyway, not the point. <laughs> you, it's weird
0: because as it stands, it sounds demonic because it's everything backwards. It's just weird. Oh, God, that was good, Ben. I don't know where that, that came out The impressive your...
1: part is we understand him whilst he's uh, <laughs> before we reverse it. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's the Commonwealth Nation thing. So you're like, Rob needs to have an Australian to American dictionary, but the other two are from Commonwealth Nations. So it's close enough that we're good. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> well, we're all fucking backwards. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. No, but I mean, it's enough <laughs> to translate. Like you got a, you can auto-translate it to yourself, kind of thing. Yeah, he speaks Australian. Awesome. Well, great. There, that was great. Thanks, guys. Until
0: next time. This is Rob, Ben, Drexie, and Sean for Explominates. Keep exploring.